When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, Series XM, Channel 80, and on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Nick Friedel filling in for the guys today. You can follow us on Twitter at Amber W Sports at Nick Friedel. You can also give us a call, triple eight say ESPN eight eight eight. Seven two nine three seven seven six. There's football tonight, Nick. There's football not long after you and I sign off. It'll be an eight p.m. kickoff tonight from Canton, Ohio. The Hall of Fame game between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're probably not getting Trevor Lawrence. We're not getting ETN. We're most likely not getting Derek Carr, probably not Devontae Adams, right? We don't know that for sure. We do know about Lawrence and ETN. Nevertheless, a lot of starters probably missing from this Hall of Fame game, like as per usual, but it's NFL football, so who cares? Let's talk about these two teams, though, because I think these teams are more interesting than they have been in years past. Let's start giving a little love to the Jacksonville Jags, should we? Is it possible that they finish, you know, not last in their division? This season, not last in the AFC South. Maybe that'll be the Houston Texans instead of the Jags. Big up to the Jags. Amber, on the up. Amber, the, the up. bar is so low for the Jags after last year. <laughs> I don't care what happens this year. If Trevor Lawrence shows some progress and develops that spark of a relationship with Doug Peterson, that's all Jacksonville needs to show this year. Things were so bad. And there were so many awful stories that came out of that locker room last year in the coach's office with Urban Meyer that if you're the Jags and you see some progress, a few more wins, or Trevor Lawrence looking more comfortable in the pocket as they've developed and brought in some more weapons around him, that is all you're looking for from Jacksonville for a fan base that is just dying to support some consistency from their team. Consistency, I think, is the key word there because it can't get much worse, like you mentioned, but also you need some semblance of consistency for that team. You don't want Trevor Lawrence's tenure to be nearly as tumultuous, uh, one, one millionth as tumultuous as that first season was. And and hopefully Doug Peterson should be that guy. I mean, he's known as a bit of a quarterback whisperer. We know what he did, even with Carson Wentz. That now looks incredibly phenomenal that he was able to get out of Wentz what he got out of him back in, what, 2017. And so you're hoping that he can get the most out of Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence needs to take that next step. We didn't see anything from him in his rookie season. He also wasn't set up for success at all. I think he got a bit of a pass, frankly, because it's not like number one picks are often set up for success. He was unusually bad, I felt like, considering but considering all the hype of him coming out of college. Oh, yeah. But again, it was so dysfunctional in Jacksonville that I'm willing to give him a pass for last season. <laughs> if you're the Jags, Amber, I, uh, I, like, 
I would think it would be so refreshing, though, and we hear the the buzzword all over pro and college sports, and it's culture. And that culture got so, so bad that Chad Khan, the owner, had to come in and say, no, no, I thought this Urban Meyer experiment would work. It didn't. It blew up in a major, major way, and I've got to fix it now. So if nothing else, you have a pro who has coached pros in that head coach's office in Doug Peterson, who has won a Super Bowl and who, as you mentioned, has a reputation as being an offensive guru. Okay, but if nothing else, you've got to clean up the hangover that was last season. And if the Jags can show some progress in the preseason starting tonight, but push that into the regular season and at least be more competitive and win a few more games, then that has got to be chalked up as a successful season. Yes, the bar is set pretty low when you just have to win more than three games, which would already make them improved upon last year. And they did have one of the most aggressive off-seasons. I mean, they spent big money. They probably overpaid at some of these positions, but it shows the dedication to actually trying to improve. And they tried to improve on both sides of the football. They did what they could in the draft as well. I mean, we'll see how it all plays out. It should, though, put Trevor Lawrence in at least a better position than he was in last season. And they're in a weaker division, right, where we're about to talk about the Raiders. And, I mean, forget about it with that division. But at least for the Jags, they could presumably be better than the Texans. You certainly could imagine that. Even the Colts and the Titans, I think the jury's still out. Now I'm not going to say the Jags is going to be better than either of those teams. But I think the Titans have taken a step back this season. And I think with the Colts, I mean, you don't exactly know how it's going to look like with Matt Ryan under center. So there are question marks even at the top of this division. It gives the Jags somewhat of an opportunity. Amber, we've seen it in the NFL much more so than in any pro sports league. But it's it's a fool's errand sometimes to write off a team completely before the season starts. The Bengals showed it. To us again over the past year, getting to the Super Bowl, well, that was because of Joe Burrow. And I know, having been around Jacksonville a lot with so many family members who still live down there, that there is hope again around not only the fan base, but within the organization. And when you have hope and you can put the players up to have success, you'd like to think that you have a chance to make some noise, but it is contingent on Trevor Lawrence being the player that we saw at Clemson. If he can be that guy and he can show you that he's gained more confidence under Peterson and isn't as skittish in the pocket because he he knows Mm -hmm. he's got better protection, well, then that's going to go a long way to whatever they can be. And then, then the Jags can start dreaming about, well, maybe we can make that push back up to the top the way Cincinnati did a year ago. You mentioned Hope, Tony Baselli. He has hope for his Jags. He's going into the Hall of Fame as a Jag himself. He was asked about his expectations for the Jags this season on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. You know, I don't think this is a team that's going to do what the Bengals did, go from last to the Super Bowl. But I do think they will be playing meaningful football in December and probably get close to that 500 or just over 500 mark. And set the stage for a team that has good talent, a really good coach, and a, and I think a generational quarterback. We just carried basically this entire segment on the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that if I was a betting woman, I think I would have lost that bet, Nick. I'm not sure that I expected us to do that. 
when considering that tonight they're playing the Las Vegas Raiders, and most people would consider the Raiders the more interesting team. So now that we're somewhat up against the clock here, let me just ask you quickly. That AFC West obviously is incredibly stacked with the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos. Where would you expect the Raiders to fall? I think they're going to show even more progress this year, Amber, in when you add a player like Devontae Adams to what they have offensively to a coach like Josh McDaniels, you'd like to think that it can all work. But as we go into tonight, you said you're not a betting woman. What I'm curious about is, would you throw a bet on a preseason football game? A preseason football game? The Hall of Fame game with no starters? Definitely not. A regular preseason game? Probably not. Amber, do you know how many degenerates that I know that are going to throw money down on this game tonight? I'm sure. I have no doubt. People are absolutely chomping at the bit for just any semblance of football, whether you're wagering on it or not. And so let's continue this conversation, actually, because, again, Hall of Fame game tonight. We get our football 8 p.m. Eastern kickoff between the Raiders and the Jags. Let's continue the Las Vegas Raiders discussion. We'll take a look further at the AFC West. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? The Hall of Fame game is tonight. We are going to get some NFL football from Canton, Ohio. The Raiders will be taking on the Jags. We broke down the Jacksonville Jags last second. We didn't even leave enough time for us to really get into the Las Vegas Raiders. So the Jags apparently are more interesting this season since we were easily able to carry a segment on them. Look at us. But also the Las Vegas Raiders. They are actually very interesting this season. And Nick, you could argue that this is a team that this was a 10-win team last season who then went out in the offseason and added the best offensive and defensive free agents to a team that was already a 10-win team that was already the fifth seed in the AFC playoffs. This is a good Raiders team that significantly improved and then, oh, by the way, also improved its coaching staff, at least we think, with Josh McDaniels. At least 
it's going to be a, a lot smoother existence, Amber, and than it was at the end of last season with uh, all the hoopla that surrounded John Gruden getting canned and and having to come in and try to finish off what they did. But it always feels with the Raiders that the hope is there to start the year. And then for whatever reason, they find a way to mess things up on their own. I feel like at the dawn of every new season, you hear all this hype around Derek Carr and him being the guy and him having uh, some some possibilities as a, a candidate for the MVP if he can get rolling early. It's always the same with the Raiders, and to this point, they haven't shown that they can keep everything together the, the way they would need to finish off a year. Having said that, if you get Josh McDaniels in here, and we've been talking about him throughout the day, you have a coach who is motivated not only to take Vegas to the promised land in the NFL, but to show the rest of the league that he has matured from where he was at the end of his Broncos tenure. That's what would give me hope, even more than the on-the-field additions. It's the fact that you have a coach in Josh McDaniels who has proven time and again that offensively he can get that Patriots team rolling in a good place, and now he's got a second chance to show everybody that he is that wizard that so many people thought Denver was hiring all those years ago. It's always funny to me because everybody always talks about him maturing and given he was very young when he was the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Now he's 46 years old, but maybe like the Sean McVay's of the world who started out their coaching careers as head coach very young would also like to have a word that it is possible. However, it didn't go well for Josh McDaniels during his tenure in Denver, regardless of him maturing, frankly, I think that. Just the experience of it not working out at that time and then going back to Belichick, going back to New England, having the success that he ended up having there, but then just getting all of those years to reevaluate because there's been such a long period of time that he hasn't been a head coach. He really took his time to go back and just be a coordinator in the NFL. So you do hope that he sort of has learned things throughout this whole process and has an idea. And he took his time, by the way, in deciding what job to take. I mean, he was up on that coaching carousel each and every year. He could have taken a job long before he took this Raiders job. And he takes this Raiders job because this is a good Raiders team and because you have the weapons at your disposal. And it's a team under Dave Ziegler's leadership now that is going the right direction. I mentioned they brought in Devontae Adams. They brought in Chandler Jones. They did what they could to upgrade on both sides of the ball this offseason. And Derek Carr really impressed me last offseason because I always find Derek Carr to be one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL, frankly. I don't think we value him enough for what he does on the field, but also I'm not sure we value him enough for what he did in the locker room last season. I thought it was remarkable that he was the one that I credited with writing that ship during what was an unbelievably tumultuous season with everything that happened with Henry Ruggs and John Gruden, as you mentioned, and everything else that happened surrounding that franchise for them to still get to the postseason was remarkable. And so now he actually has the weapons around him. There's some O-line questions there, but he's got Devontae Adams. There's this idea from some people that Adams could look even better with Derek Carr throwing him the ball. I can't make that leap. I think they have been having some of that hallucinogenic stuff that Aaron Rodgers is uh, <laughs> is telling the world about him. <laughs> so anybody who's feeling that, hey, Derek Carr can be a hell of a quarterback, but we have never, 
ever seen him put up the numbers and be the type of player that Aaron Rodgers has shown to be. But I think that what you just explained are all the reasons why people are excited about the Raiders, and they do feel like there's a chance that they could really get rolling. But, Amber, when you look at that AFC West, come on now. Does anybody really believe that the Raiders, who have languished in some form of mediocrity over the last few years, are going to suddenly jump up not only past the Chiefs, who and we know what they can do with Patrick Mahomes, but a Chargers team that finally seems to be putting it together and has Justin Herbert continuing to develop and get better every season. A Chargers team, though, that didn't make the postseason last season, right? A Chargers team that certainly, I guess you could argue, maybe underperformed for a quarterback that we all believe in and we've all bought into. Yeah. But the Chargers certainly upgraded this offseason. So now they're helping Justin Herbert get those wins. It's not all going to be on him. I think this Chargers team should be really good this year. I think if it's not really good this year, then all of a sudden maybe the noise turns up a little bit on Herbert, frankly. But we all believe in Herbert. We've all bought in to Herbert. And so now they actually have to do it for us in the win column. I think that they'll be able to do it. But not everybody in this division can win, right? I mean, I guess, like, sure, maybe we'll have three wild cards out of this division. It seems pretty unbelievable that all four of these teams would make it to the postseason. I do have questions about the Broncos. Everyone always said the Broncos were just a quarterback away. I never really believed it. I guess we're about to find out with the entrance of Russell Wilson. I mean, coming off of a down season, so to speak, down a couple seasons, really, I guess, for Russell Wilson, but still looked pretty darn good. Uh, he should be healed from that thumb injury that he was battling through last season. And then the Chiefs, you can argue the Chiefs did take a step back. I mean, you did lose Patrick Mahomes' favorite weapon. Yeah. Not Scantling, the report's out of training camp. He's dropped some footballs. Does it scare you? Amber, they, no, it doesn't scare me because if if, <laughs> if Scantling can't get it going, then guess who's going to find a new weapon? Patrick Mahomes. Right. I believe in Patrick Mahomes more than I believe in damn near any other player in the league, aside from maybe Aaron Rodgers. That is somebody who will find the next weapon to make it all work. So I understand the theory that the Chiefs lost weapons and maybe they've taken a step back. My argument back would be the Chiefs were so good to begin with, with Mahomes as the head of the snake, that there's no reason to think that they still can't rack up a ton of wins and give themselves a chance not only in the division, but to get out of the AFC again and go back to the Super Bowl. I've still got Patrick Mahomes. They've still got Andy Reid, and he actually has a pretty good wide receiver room when you take it as a whole, even with the departure of Tyreek Hill. Tonight's Hall of Fame game is the hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats Life happens live. So again, that Hall of Fame game tonight, we have some NFL action, 8 p.m. Eastern. Coming up next, why Deshaun Watson still has a lot to prove after more than a year away from the field. That is after I have this word from Indeed. If you're having a hard time hiring in no time, you need Indeed, the number one source for hires in the U.S. according to Talent Nest. Sponsor a job and Indeed will help you attract, interview, and hire candidates fast. With Instant Match, you'll instantly receive a short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. You can easily schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from one place. Visit Indeed.com slash credit to get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Get started at Indeed.com slash credit.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? So we got the news today from our very own Adam Schefter that NFL teams had been notified that former New Jersey Attorney General Peter C. Harvey is the commissioner, Roger Goodell's designee, to hear the appeal of the disciplinary decision involving Deshaun Watson. So basically, Roger Goodell has punted on the opportunity to hear the appeal himself. He has, in fact, designated uh, Peter C. Harvey to hear the appeal. Peter C. Harvey is a former prosecutor who has heard uh, numerous uh, arbitration-related decisions decisions in the past he has he has dealt with nfl arbitrations in the past according to our very own jeff darlington so he has a relationship with the nfl he has a racial relationship with roger goodell he is who roger goodell has appointed to deal with this appeals process i want to take this conversation though nick because obviously we have spent tons of time on today's show over what that means and the appeals process what's next what could be next in terms of federal court and all of that Minutia. But let's assume for a moment that this suspension does get increased through the appeals process and that there is a period of time here that Deshaun Watson is not playing for the Cleveland Browns, whether it's six games, whether it's more than six games. And then at some point here, he returns to the field after a fairly lengthy suspension. What do you think Deshaun Watson is going to look like in terms of football? What would he need to prove? Do you think that all this off-the-field stuff is going to follow him no matter what he does during the season? Let's start with what he looks like, Amber, because I don't think after missing all the time that Deshaun Watson has missed in the last year and a half, that anyone can reasonably expect him to come back out on the field and dominate the way that we're used to seeing. So first and foremost, from a football standpoint, whenever Deshaun Watson hits the field, I don't see how anyone could look at what has occurred, how much time he's been off, and on top of all that, learning a new team in the process without playing in games and think, all right, Deshaun Watson's going to be the same type of quarterback that we saw with the Texans. So that, if I'm a Browns fan, from a football standpoint, that is my concern is you have upended everything in your organization to acquire a player who we haven't seen compete in a meaningful game in over a year and a half. A player that's bringing all of this with him. Absolutely. And the Browns signed up for it. 
they they deserve it. I'm not absolving them by any means of any of this responsibility. But a player that you handed $230 million guaranteed dollars to that brings all of this, all of this noise, the heinous accusations, all of these steps that we're now going through with the suspension and the appeal and what might be coming next. And then at the end of it all, when finally it does play out, Nick, one day, and finally he is back on a football field after serving his time, so to speak, after serving his whatever it is, the suspension ends up being with the NFL and he gets back on the field one day he's got a lot of ground to make up in terms of football and we're talking about the football component because yes we recognize that there is a seriousness and heinousness to the allegations and everything that surrounds Deshaun Watson there is also a football conversation to be had as well and I don't think that that can get lost in this where it's this small task to just all of a sudden take these potentially years off for the game because don't forget he didn't play all last year these years off from the game theoretically speaking and then you're just not going to miss a step and then last time we saw Deshaun Watson play football now I did consider him a top five quarterback in the league but it didn't result to the wins in the win column we're talking about a, a quarterback that won four games in his best season in his very best season with the Houston Texans so I don't know how it translates given to a much better Cleveland Browns team in terms of everything that he has around him. But again, with all the time off, how, how rusty does it get? He's a very young player. Maybe it doesn't, maybe this all lengthens his career in the end, because maybe all the rest ends up being good for Deshaun Watson. But this idea that the Browns aren't going to miss a beat, frankly, I think might be overstated at least initially. Well, and I think the other part that we need to consider here, Amber, as you look into whatever, the case may be with the games or the added on length of the suspension, depending on what happens here with the appeal. Canty was talking about this earlier in the week, and I think it's critical in the context of this conversation. Deshaun Watson does not know his new teammates very well. Deshaun Watson is entering into a situation and has all these different distractions surrounding him and the baggage that you mentioned that comes with this case and the uncertainty of it right now into a team that is still trying to prepare to win this year. So there's plenty of blame to go around when you invest in a person and a player that is carrying all this with him. But the the difference to me is on top of what he's got to do on the field, he's got to repair and build relationships in a locker room where nobody really knows who he is. And that part and how it translates to how the Browns play together with him as the face and the leader of the team, whenever that is to happen, is a part of the conversation from a football standpoint that I think is getting lost in the shuffle a little bit. I know players will tell you, former players will tell you that the winning cures it all, right? And for better, for worse, uh, and maybe it shouldn't, but that that is what will win you over in the locker room. If they believe that you're out there for them and they believe that you're putting the work ethic in and your best foot board in terms of on the football field, I just, I can't imagine that at this point, if you're on the Browns, because listen, the culpability here clearly lies with Deshaun Watson first and foremost uh, because he certainly finds himself in a situation where dozens of women have accused him of heinous things. And then the Browns 
also deserve a lot of blame because they chose to take on this situation. They chose to trade for this player and they chose to pay him what they chose to pay him. They knew what they were signing up for in the face of all of these allegations. But the players inside that locker room don't, right? Like the players inside that locker room aren't to blame. And yet they're the ones that are dealing with all this noise right now. And frankly, they're going to be dealing with this noise, I would imagine, for quite some time because now we have the appeal. The appeal is going to be pending. I think that we'll have a result from the appeal before the season starts, but we don't know for sure. And then again, it is a potential trip to federal court for the PA and for Watson on the back end of that. And, and if there's an injunction and Deshaun Watson's actually out there playing football week one, I mean, can you imagine that? And, and then the noise surrounding that and what ends up happening there whenever he does inevitably serve a suspension down the road. And so this noise probably ain't going away. And it's the noise that's probably got to be so frustrating to the other players in the locker room that themselves feel, of course, very removed from this situation. I do want to clarify one point because our producer, Evan Wilner, is telling me I need to. When I keep saying that his best season, I'm talking about statistically his best season with the Houston Texans only resulted with four wins, not obviously in terms of results since he took them to an AFC divisional round. So we have been unpacking this Watson situation in terms of every single angle, and this story ain't over yet. But it is time now for us coming up to deal with the three stories today that we didn't get to, that didn't make the rundown. That is next on Canty and Carlin. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? A lot of fun with respect it or check it earlier in the show. So let's do a little bonus respect it or check it. Evan, what's up? Help us out with a second. Yeah. So, so we did our, um, uh, the ESPN.com did like the goat at every position in, in the NFL offense, defense, and Tom Brady, obviously the goat quarterback, but he only received 44 out of 50 votes. The other uh, votes went to Joe Montana got four and Peyton Manning got two. So respect it or check it that two people voted for Peyton Manning as the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, who were the votes from Peyton and Eli? I mean, who voted on this thing? Uh, obviously, I'm checking this. Uh, that's completely absurd. Now, Peyton Manning was great. I guess the one thing I'll say about this, though, is that players will tell you, and Bart Scott is one of them, right, where he'll tell you that it's scarier to go up against Peyton Manning than Tom Brady because Peyton Manning's game plan was so intricate and that because of the intricacies, you were so concerned about what Peyton Manning was going to do to you defensively and picking you apart. So apparently it was actually scarier for players to face Peyton. It seems illogical to me because all Tom Brady did was beat you, right? I mean, just beat you every year, year in and year out. It's Super Bowls, beat everybody. Nobody stood in Tom Brady's path. And oh, by the way, somehow he's still doing it at 45 years old, which frankly should terrify all of us but apparently people were more scared of Peyton Manning Amber you have to check this thing I mean the two people who voted probably from Omaha Productions right? <laughs> uh, somewhere this is this is just not even the, the the person who belongs in the conversation because Peyton had a lot of great seasons but they were usually a lot of great individual seasons and they got ended by a Patriots team with Tom Brady that always had the extra upper hand on him. 
So Jeremy Fowler was one of the people who voted for Peyton Manning, I just realized. And Fowler said he ran everything at the line of scrimmage and no quarterback in the history of football made defensive coordinators question themselves from a schematic tactical standpoint the way in which Peyton Manning did. That echoes the same thing that I've heard from former players numerous times when it comes to Peyton Manning. It just seems strange to me. Like, Brady is just the obvious choice to me. So great. I'm glad you were terrified of Peyton schematically. All Brady did, maybe he wasn't schematically as interesting or as terrifying. He just went out and beat you and won Super Bowls year after year after year. I mean, just total dominance with Tate, with Tom Brady. But uh, Joe Montana, a Sal pal, apparently, he voted for Joe Montana. Four votes for Joe because he was 4-0 in Super Bowls. We've had a lot of help on today's show. We've gotten to a lot, covered a lot of ground. There's been breaking news, Nick, every day you and I have done this show. It feels like there's been breaking news every day this week. Certainly not a slow month of August. Jason Fitz stopped by. He was so kind to hang out after he was filling in on Barton Hahn. He got us excited to watch his Las Vegas Raiders tonight. Is the Hall of Fame game tonight. We actually have some NFL action. That game will kick off at 8 p.m. Eastern from Canton, Ohio. Chris Carlin, he's supposed to host this show. It, technically, he hosts Greeny a lot, uh, including this week. Uh, he fills in for Mike Greenberg over there with Canty. But he is the host of this show when he wants to be. And he stopped by. He hung out with us. It was nice of Chris Carlin to give us some of his time. TJ Quinn stopped by to help us make sense of the Brittany Griner situation. We got the breaking news that Brittany Griner was sentenced in Russia to nine years in Russian prison if there's any good news out of that, which it's weird to say there's good news, but if there is any good news, now Russia had said that it needed to get through the sentencing portion of its process before it went back to negotiating a prisoner swap with the United States. So now we would hope that those negotiations could start back up and that we can get Brittany Griner home. Lewis Riddick stopped by ESPN NFL insider. He helped us unpack all things NFL as we head towards the Hall of Fame game tonight. And Dave McMenamin stopped by as well. He covers the Lakers for ESPN. Today is the first day that LeBron James could sign his two-year extension with the Los Angeles Lakers. We have zero word that he intends to do so. Now, it just opens up the window. He's got something like 10 months to sign it. But it will be interesting if he doesn't uh, decide to sign an extension with the Lakers here. And I would imagine he's probably using that to put some pressure on the front office of the Los Angeles Lakers. Hey, I'm not signing up for a future here unless maybe you make my future look a little bit more bright here than it currently looks. So thanks to everybody who helped us on today's show. And now on Canty and Carlin, it is time as we always do to get to the three stories that we didn't yet get to today. It is time for us to go three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is Three and Out. Yankees general manager Brian Cashman was on the Michael K show on ESPN 98.7 in New York earlier this afternoon. And here's what he had to say about the season Aaron Judge is having after turning down a contract extension at the end of spring training. Loving every home run off his bat because what's good for him is good for us uh, and good for our team. And, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, when when the, 
uh, spring training ended, you know, the you know, the expectation was play the year out and and let's hope he has the best year he can ever have and because that would translate into more wins and that's certainly what's happened and you know so we're excited by what he's doing and hope it continues and, and excited by his teammates and what they've done as well they're probably excited for what he's doing because it is helping them in the win column they're probably not very excited about the price tag that continues to go up with every home run that Aaron Judge hits Nick and they're probably not excited about the possibility that they could be watching Aaron Judge do something horrific like play in a Mets uniform next season Amber, uh, that is classic GM speak from Brian Cashman right there because Cashman knows that yesterday's price is not today's price. That's been the theory for several months now as Aaron Judge is working on an MVP award over the next couple months here. He knows that it's going to cost a lot more money to keep him, and he's happy that he's helping his team win right now, but he's going to have to pay the price later. The 30-year-old turned down a seven-year, $213.5 million contract offer from the Yanks before this season. He decided to bet on himself in hopes of signing a larger deal. And, well, that bet looks like it's paying off. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford, their bet on him paid off big last season. But now he's got elbow issues and he will not participate in team drills for now. Sean McVay said on Wednesday, McVay is not calling it a setback. He said that if you look at the totality of it, they want to just have him operate in as little pain as possible. Does it concern you, Nick Friedel, that the Rams quarterback is experiencing elbow issues in training camp? No, because Amber, if Matthew Stafford has shown us anything through the years, especially during all that time in Detroit, he can play through lots of different injuries. That is one mm-hmm. tough SOB who is back there all the time, and he finds a way to help his team and make throws when he needs to. I'm not worried about it yet. He knows that he's got to catch his rhythm in training camp, but most importantly, be ready for the regular season. And the Rams know that when they need him, he will be out there. This feels precautionary to me because we're talking about training camp. I mean, what matters is how he feels in September, not how he feels in August. But it does raise a little flag for me when we're talking about a quarterback who's in his mid-30s and the report is severe tendonitis, bad tendonitis that he's experiencing. So it is quite a bit of pain in his throwing arm, and his throwing elbow. So... We'll see how that pans out moving forward. Uh, quickly here, another hold-in. Whiteout has a deal after a week-long hold-in at the Pittsburgh Steelers training camp. Deontay Johnson, he got paid two-year extension, averages just over $18 million per, according to Adam Schefter and Kimberly Martin. The deal could be worth up to $39.5 million if he reaches incentives. Another wide receiver paid, Nick Friedel. It's a good time to be a wide receiver in the NFL. Amber, it really is. All the hold-ins are going to get their money. This is the latest example. I'm just waiting on the other dominoes to fall across the league. Yes, there are some bigger names we're still waiting on to fall, but that was a big name who got paid at a position that continues to just get paid this offseason. This is the offseason of the wide receiver getting the bag. Chris Canty and Chris Carlin are Canty and Carlin. Don't miss them weekdays on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.